Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. We'll get going this morning, so we'll go ahead and pray and and get started. Father God, thank you for this morning, and ask that you would uh, guide us and bless us in this time that we have together with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So 1 Kings 14, by the way, thank you for your prayers for Renee and I. We made it safe last night, got in, we're in the the house, and uh, we're resting, and uh, we'll be heading down to the memorial service uh, down on Friday. Let's look at uh, 1 Kings chapter 14, Ahijah prophesies against the king. At that time, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, became sick. Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise now and disguise yourself so that they will not know that you are the wife of Jeroboam. And go to Shiloh. Behold, Ahijah, the prophet, is there, who spoke concerning me that I would be king over this people. Take ten loaves with you, some cakes and a jar of honey, and go to him, and he will tell you what will happen to the boy. Jeroboam's wife did so, and arose and went to Shiloh, and came to the house of Ahijah. Now Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. Now the Lord had said to Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. You shall say thus and thus to her. For it shall be when she arrives that she will pretend to be another woman. When Ahijah heard the sound of her feet coming in the doorway, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another woman? For I am sent to you with a harsh message. Go and say to Jeroboam, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because I exalted you from among the people and made you leader of my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandments and followed me with all his heart to do only that which was right in my sight. For you also have done more evil than all who were before you and have gone and made for yourself other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, I am bringing calamity on the house of Jeroboam. I will cut off from Jeroboam every male person, both bond and free in Israel, and I will make a clean sweep of the house of Jeroboam as one sweeps away dung until it is all gone. Anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And he who dies in the field, the birds of heaven will eat. For the Lord has spoken it. Now you arise, go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the child will die. All Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. For he alone of Jeroboam's family will come to the grave because in him something good was found toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel who will cut off the house of Jeroboam this day and from now on. For the Lord will strike Israel as a reed is shaken in the wind and he will uproot Israel from this good land and he will give to their fathers and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River because they have made their Asherim provoking the Lord to anger. He will give up Israel on account of the sins of Jeroboam which he committed and with which he made Israel to send. Then Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tizrah. As she was entering the threshold of the house, the child died. All Israel buried him and mourned for him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through the servant Ahijah. 
the prophet. Now the rest of the Acts of Jeroboam. How he made war and how he reigned, behold, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? The time that Jeroboam reigned was 22 years, and he slept with his fathers, and Nadab, his son, reigned in his place. Verse 21. Now Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel, put his name there. And his mother's name was Nama, the Ammonites. Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy more than all their fathers had done the sins which they committed. And they too built for themselves high places and sacred pillars and ashram on every high hill and beneath every luxuriant tree. There were also male cult prostitutes in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. Now what happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, that Shishak, the king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he took everything, even taking all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam made shields of bronze in their place, committed them to the care of the commanders of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. Then it happened, as often as the king entered the house of the Lord, that the guards would carry them and would bring them back into the guard's room. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam, all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? There was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually, and Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and his mother's name was Nama the Ammonites. And Abijam, his son, became king in his place. Chapter 15. Now in the 18th year of the king, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Absalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had committed before him. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, like the heart of his father David. But for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem to raise up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. Because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles and the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. And Abijam slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa, his son, became king in his place. So in the, in the 20th year of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, Asa began to reign as king of Judah. He reigned 41 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. He also put away the male cult prostitutes from the land and removed all the idols which his father had made. He also removed Makkah, his mother, from being queen mother because she had made a horrid image as the Asherah and also cut down her horrid image and burned it in the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly devoted to the Lord all his days. He brought into the house of the Lord the dedicated things of his father and his own dedicated things, the silver and gold utensils. Now, there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days.
Basha, the king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going out or coming in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and the gold, which were left in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the treasuries of the king's house, and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And king Asa sent them to Benadad, the son of Tibrimum, the son of Hezion, the king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me. As between my father and your father, behold, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. So break your treaty with Basha, the king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Benadad listened to King Ras and sent his commanders and his armies against the cities of Israel and conquered Ejon, Dan, Abil, Beth, Makkah, and all the Chinroth, besides all the land of Naphtali. Then when Basha heard of it, he ceased fortifying Ramah and remained in Tizra. And King Asa made a proclamation to all Judah, none was exempt, that they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timbers with which Basha was built. And King Asa built them in Giba and Benjamin and Mizpah. Verse 23, now the rest of the acts of Asa and all his might and all that he did in the cities which he built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age, he was diseased in his feet, and Asa slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. 25. Now Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel in the second year of Asa, the king of Judah, and he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father. And in his sin, which he had made Israel sin. And Basha, the son of Ahijah, of the house of Issachar, conspired against him. And Basha struck him down at Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines, while Nadab and all Israel were laying siege to Gibbethon. Now Basha killed him in the third year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned in his place. It came about as soon as he was king, he struck down all the household of Jeroboam. He did not leave Jeroboam any persons alive until he had destroyed them according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Ahijah the Shilonite, because the sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned, and which he had made Israel sin, because of the provocation with which he provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles and the kings of Israel? 32. And there was war between Asa and Basha and the king of Israel all their days. In the third year of Asa, the king of Judah, Basha, the king of Ahijah, became king over all Israel and at Tizra and reigned 24 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam and in the sin of which he made Israel sin. So um, we have many kings and many wars and many complications and too, too numerous to, to go into detail. But the overriding issue was the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. Covered that extensively on Wednesday. He was the one said to your tents, O Israel, we're not going to follow you, Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon, and he should have reigned like Solomon in wisdom, being a servant to his people. But instead, he did the opposite. He wanted the people to serve him. He wanted to play mini-god. And so Rehoboam leaves, although, as we see in 14, it was prophesied that he would leave and that he would take power. And so God was giving him an opportunity to be a, the righteous king, to have control of the majority of the tribes and reign like Solomon and David, but he chose not to. So therefore, when he slipped into idolatry and he sends his wife to find if their son will live or die, why he thought that the Ahijah would give him a good report is kind of strange because he knew he was the prophet of Yahweh. 
Instead, he gets the prophecy that he deserved because you've turned away. Your son's going to die, and your your sons are going. You're going to lose the throne, and your sons will not reign. And this is when you jump ahead in 15, you find out this is what Basha does. He goes in there, and he kills off all the remaining uh, sons of uh, Jeroboam. So all through the Old Testament, I was mentioning this on on Wednesday, if you don't kind of get any of the other kings' names in the north memorized or understand them, that's understandable. But Jeroboam, son of Nebat, is one of the guys that you see mentioned over and over and over and over. Everybody, Everybody's their sin, their reign is all compared to him because of his wickedness. And then we find out that these other kings did just as bad. And of course they were saying, you did you know, just as bad or worse. And so God, he holds his, his people accountable, holds us accountable to how we walk before him. And we see this through the Old Testament in a big way. It doesn't matter if they're kings or not. See, he still judges them because they're supposed to be servants of him. Yahweh was to be the king and they were to be his his ministry and service under him. All right, Acts chapter 12. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in the prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in the light, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up, quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angels said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know what was being done by the angel. And he didn't, didn't know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second garden, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he sent to the house of Mary and the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, the servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. But they said to her, are you out of your mind? But she kept insisting that it was so. So they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hands to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison, and he said, Report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. And when day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have happened to Peter. 
And when Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away. We'll get going this morning. So we'll go ahead and pray and, and get started. Father God, thank you for this morning and ask that you would uh, guide us and bless us in this time that we have together with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So 1 Kings 14. By the way, thank you for your prayers for Renee and I. We made it safe last night, got in, we're in the, we're in the house, and uh, we're resting, and uh, we'll be heading down to the memorial service uh, down on Friday. Let's look at uh, 1 Kings chapter 14. Ahijah prophesies against the king. At that time, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, became sick. Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise now and disguise yourself so that they will not know that you are the wife of Jeroboam. And go to Shiloh. Behold, Ahijah the prophet is there, who spoke concerning me that I would be king over this people. Take ten loaves with you, some cakes and a jar of honey, and go to him, and he will tell you, what will happen to the boy? Jeroboam's wife did so and arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. Now Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. Now the Lord had said to Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. You shall say thus and thus to her. For it shall be when she arrives that she will pretend to be another woman. When Ahijah heard the sound of her feet coming in the doorway, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another woman? For I am sent to you with a harsh message. Go and say to Jeroboam, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because I exalted you from among the people and made you leader of my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandments and followed me with all his heart to do only that which was right in my sight. For you also have done more evil than all who were before you and have gone and made for yourself other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, I am bringing calamity on the house of Jeroboam. I will cut off from Jeroboam every male person, both bond and free in Israel, and I will make a clean sweep of the house of Jeroboam as one sweeps away dung until it is all gone. Anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And he who dies in the field, the birds of heaven will eat. For the Lord has spoken it. Now you arise, go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the child will die. All Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. For he alone of Jeroboam's family will come to the grave because in him something good was found toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel, who will cut off the house of Jeroboam this day and from now on. For the Lord will strike Israel as a reed is shaken in the wind, and he will uproot Israel from this good land, and he will give to their fathers and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River, because they have made their Asherim, provoking the Lord to anger. He will give up Israel on account of the sins of Jeroboam, which he committed and with which he made Israel to send. Then Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tizra. As she was entering the threshold of the house, the child died. All Israel buried him and mourned for him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through the servant Ahijah the prophet. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam, how he made war and how he reigned, behold, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? The time that Jeroboam reigned was 22 years and he slept with his fathers 
and Nadab, his son, reigned in his place. Verse 21. Now Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel, put his name there. And his mother's name was Nama, the Ammonites. Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy more than all their fathers had done, the sins which they committed. And they too built for themselves high places and sacred pillars and ashram on every high hill and beneath every luxuriant tree. There were also male cult prostitutes in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. Now what happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, that Shishak, the king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he took everything, even taking all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam made shields of bronze in their place, committed them to the care of the commanders of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. Then it happened, as often as the king entered the house of the Lord, that the guards would carry them and would bring them back into the guard's room. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam, all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? There was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. And Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And his mother's name was Nama the Ammonites. And Abijam, his son, became king in his place. Chapter 15. Now in the 18th year of the king, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Absalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had committed before him. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, like the heart of his father David. But for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem to raise up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. Because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles and the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. And Abijam slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, became king in his place. So in the, in the 20th year of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, Asa began to reign as king of Judah. He reigned 41 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. He also put away the male cult prostitutes from the land and removed all the idols which his father had made. He also removed Makkah, his mother, from being queen mother because she had made a horrid image as the Asherah. And Asa cut down her horrid image and burned it in the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly devoted to the Lord all his days. He brought into the house of the Lord the dedicated things of his father and his own dedicated things, the silver and gold utensils. Now, there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. Basha, the king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going out or coming in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and the gold, 
which were left in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the treasuries of the king's house, and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And King Asa sent them to Benadad, the son of Tibrimum, the son of Hezion, the king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me. As between my father and your father, behold, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. So break your treaty with Basha, the king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Benadad listened to King Asa and sent his commanders and his armies against the cities of Israel and conquered Ejon, Dan, Abil, Beth, Makkah, and all the Chinroth, besides all the land of Naphtali. Then when Basha heard of it, he ceased fortifying Ramah and remained in Tisra. And King Asa made a proclamation to all Judah, none was exempt, that they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timbers with which Basha was built. And King Asa built them in Giba and Benjamin and Mizpah. Verse 23, now the rest of the acts of Asa and all his might and all that he did in the cities which he built are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age, he was diseased in his feet and Asa slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. 25. Now, Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel in the second year of Asa, the king of Judah, and he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in his sin, which he had made Israel sin. And Basha, the son of Ahijah, of the house of Issachar, conspired against him, and Basha struck him down at Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines, while Nadab and all Israel were laying siege to Gibbethon. Now Basha killed him in the third year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned in his place. It came about as soon as he was king, he struck down all the household of Jeroboam. He did not leave Jeroboam any persons alive until he had destroyed them, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Ahijah the Shilonite, because the sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned, and which he had made Israel sin, because of the provocation with which he provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles in the kings of Israel? 32. And there was war between Asa and Basha and the king of Israel all their days. In the third year of Asa, the king of Judah, Basha, the king of Ahijah, became king over all Israel and at Tisra and reigned 24 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam and in the sin of which he made Israel sin. So um, we have many kings and many wars and many complications and too, too numerous to, to go into detail, but the overriding issue was the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. Covered that extensively on Wednesday. He was the one said to your tents, O Israel, we're not gonna we're not gonna follow you, Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon, and he should have reigned like Solomon in wisdom, being a servant to his people, but instead he did the opposite. He wanted the people to serve him. He wanted to play mini God. And so Rehoboam leaves, although, as we see in 14, it was prophesied that he would leave and that he would take power. And so God was giving him an opportunity to be a, the righteous king, to have control of the majority of the tribes and reign like Solomon and David, but he chose not to. So therefore, when he slipped into idolatry and he sends his wife to find if their son will live or die, why he thought that the Ahijah would give him a good report is kind of strange because he knew he was the prophet of Yahweh. Instead, he gets the prophecy that he deserved because you've turned away, your son's going to die, and your your sons are going to, you're going to lose the throne and your sons will not reign. 
And this is when you jump ahead in 15, you find out this is what Basha does. He goes in there and he kills off all the remaining uh, sons of uh, Jeroboam. So all through the Old Testament, I was mentioning this on, on Wednesday, if you don't kind of get any of the other king's names in the north memorized or understand them, that's understandable. But Jeroboam, son of Nebat, is one of the guys that you see mentioned over and over and over and over. Everybody, Everybody's their sin, their reign is all compared to him because of his wickedness. And then we find out that these other kings did just as bad. And of course they were saying, you did you know, just as bad or worse. And so God, he holds his, his people accountable, holds us accountable to how we walk before him. And we see this through the Old Testament in a big way. It doesn't matter if they're kings or not. See, he still judges them because they're supposed to be servants of him. Yahweh was to be the king and they were to be his, his ministry and service under him. All right, Acts Chapter 12, now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in the prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in the light, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up, quickly! And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So he went out and continued to follow. And he didn't know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, and they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he sent to the house of Mary and the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, the servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. But they said to her, are you out of your mind? But she kept insisting that it was so. So they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hands to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison, and he said, Report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. And when day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have happened to Peter. And when Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. Then he went down from Judah to Caesarea and was spending time there. Now he was very angry with the people in Tyre and Sidon. And with one accord... 
they came to him and having won over Blastus the king's chamberlain, they were asking for peace because their country was fed by the king's country. On an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum and began delivering his address to them. The people kept crying out, The voice of a god and not a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taken along with them John, who was also called Mark. So we kind of skip over the, um, Paul's, some of Paul's missionary journeys there. He had been in Antioch, and there he spent a year or two-ish um, developing a school of ministry, teaching people what the Old Testament really taught about Jesus. And in that time where he's doing that, as Paul is increasing, you could say Peter is decreasing. Uh, he's just taking another path. He's becoming really an example of a suffering servant like Jesus was. He's thrown in prison over and over again, uh, and they, but God miraculously delivers, delivers him. We have this you know, kind of hilarious story of Rhoda forgetting him at the door and leaving him and going in with an excitement. It must have been an amazing thing to see. But Peter, you cannot chain this. A real servant of God cannot be bound in the human sense. Paul, interestingly enough, was bound and the angels did not come in to deliver him. God has his own sovereign way of how he's going to minister and how he's going to work. Peter, he needed to get him out to use it, use him as an example that the church was not going to be stopped. The church could not be silenced. And Peter at that time was the voice of the church, so to speak. You, you know, the Acts chapter 2 with the Jews. Then he goes with Cornelius and he proclaims it to the Gentiles. So he is the the representative voice of the church, and they're trying to silence him. But they find out time and time again they cannot. Now, Paul is going to go in prison and be chained and not get out of those chains. But because he is chained, guess what? He ministers to the Roman guards, and he writes the gospels that we have. I mean, he writes the, the letters that we have in the New Testament. God had him there for the purpose of spending some quality time writing. So it's again, we see that God does what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. So now, if you will jump over with me, we will look at Charles Spurgeon and look at what he has to say. We are looking at Psalm 48, 14. He will be our guide even unto death. We need a guide. Sometimes we would give all that we have to be told exactly what to do and where to turn. We are willing to do right, but we do not know which out of the two roads we are to follow. Oh, for a guide. The Lord our God condescends to serve us as guide. He knows the way and will pilot us along it till we reach our journeys and in peace. Surely we do not desire more infallible direction. Let us place ourselves absolutely under his guidance, and we shall never miss our way. Let us make him our God, and we shall find him our guide. If we follow his law, we shall not miss the right road of life, provided we first learn to lean upon him in every step of the way. Our comfort is that as he is our God forever and ever, he will never cease to be with us as our guide, even unto death. He will lead us, and then we shall dwell with him earnestly 
and go no more out forever. This promise of divine guidance involves lifelong security, salvation at once, guidance unto our last hour, and then endless blessedness. Should not each one seek this in youth, rejoice in it in middle life, and repose it in old age? This day, let us look up for guidance before we trust ourselves out of doors. <laughs> That's a great, great thought. Father, we thank you for the, the steadfastness of your love and your stability for us and guiding us and your, your ability, God, to guide us. And we know that your Holy Spirit has been given to us as that guide to show us the right way to turn. But we need to be sure-footed in our walk with you, to have it established, not wavering. Because when we waver and go back and forth, God, you tend to wait for us to come under your full lordship before you start giving those solid directions. We need to have the relationship built and be able to hear your voice. So thank you for the direction that you are giving us and guiding us. Ash, continue to do that. Ask for you to continue to guide divine, mature friends, believers that have many difficult things going on that need a ton of guidance, God, of direct and a lot of direction. We're thinking of the Scoogs, God, who are leaning upon you. Give them guidance and direction for how to deal with the state and these different agencies are dealing with God concerning their daughter uh, and anyone that has medical decisions that needs to decide, God, how the treatment should go or whether it should wait upon you. God, give them that wisdom, uh, as well as people dealing with difficult situations in ministry, thinking of um, Esty and her pastor with the radio station and all the difficulties they have trying to keep a Christian radio station going, and they're dealing with uh, kind of lawsuits and different things like that. And for the various ministries here, God, continue to give Calvary Albuquerque a lot of wisdom because of the the many, many things that being such a large church they have to deal with. And God, we pray that many people came to know you, heard the gospel uh, at the big outreach, the January, July outreach of, that they did at the Bloom Fiesta. God, may we just pray it went really well as well as, as, well as the Great Glory Harvest Crusade, God, that just happened. We just pray for the souls to come in, God, because the time is short, as well as those who are in the evangelism team Thursday night. Those that were in church bringing new people, those who are listening online, may you could just continue, God, to touch lives and bring people into your kingdom. May you even use the the memorial service going to to touch more lives. Continue to use the life of Andrew to, to as he was a witness for you, to continue that witness of family members and friends that will come that aren't saved, that will hear your word, God. So thank you for what you're doing as you're your blessing upon the church in Puerto Vallarta while we're gone, as you use them, all them to be, again, unified and and uh, be a blessing, God. And thank you for all the new people coming, the blessing they are to us, the families and the fellowship that we, we gain from that. God, is such a beautiful thing. So thank you, God, again, for a beautiful and wonderful uh, week that we have laid before us. And just we ask for that continual daily guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll do it for this new version. Trying to figure out how, to, how it works while we're on the, on the road, but hopefully it worked for you guys. Let me know, and we will see you again, uh, hopefully at the same time tomorrow. God bless you all. Bye-bye. That I would be king over this people. Take 10 loaves with you, some cakes and a jar of honey, and go to him, and he will tell you what will happen to the boy. Jeroboam's wife did so and arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. Now Ahijah 
could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. Now the Lord had said to Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. You shall say thus and thus to her. Uh, for it was when she arrived, for it shall be when she arrives, that she will pretend to be another woman. Then Ahijah heard the sound of her feet, or when Ahijah heard the sound of her feet coming in the doorway, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another woman? For I am sent to you with a harsh message. Go and say to Jeroboam, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because I exalted you from among the people and made you leader of my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandments and followed me with all his heart, to do only that which was right in my sight. For you also have done more evil than all who were before you, and have gone and made for yourself other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger, and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, I am bringing calamity on the house of Jeroboam. I will, know, I will cut off from Jeroboam every male person, both bond and free in Israel, and I will make a clean sweep of the house of Jeroboam as one sweeps away dung until it is all gone. Anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And he who dies in the field, the birds of heaven will eat. For the Lord has spoken it. Now you arise, go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the child will die. All Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. For he alone of Jeroboam's family will come to the grave, because in him something good was found towards God, toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, moreover the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel, who will cut off the house of Jeroboam this day and from now on. For the Lord will strike Israel as a reed is shaken in the wind, and he will uproot Israel from this good land, and he will give to their fathers and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River, because they have made their Asherim, provoking the Lord to anger. He will give up Israel on account of the sins of Jeroboam, which he committed and with which he made Israel to send. Then Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tizrah. As she was entering the threshold of the house, the child died. All Israel buried him and mourned for him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through the servant Ahijah, the prophet. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam, how he made war and how he reigned, behold, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? The time that Jeroboam reigned was 22 years, and he slept with his fathers, and Nadab, his son, reigned in his place. Verse 21. Now Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem. The city, the city which the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Nama, the Ammonites. Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy more than all their fathers had done with the sins which they committed. And they too built for themselves high places and sacred pillars and ashram on every high hill and beneath every luxuriant tree. 
There were also male cult prostitutes in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. Now what happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, that Shishak, the king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he took everything, even taking all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam made shields of bronze in their place, committed them to the care of the, of the commanders of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. Then it happened, as often as the king entered the house of the Lord, that the guards would carry them and would bring them back into the guard's room. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he, all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? There were... There was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. And Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And his mother's name was Nama the Ammonites. And Abijam, the son of the, uh, his son, became king in his place. Chapter 15. Now in the 18th year of the king, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Absalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had committed before him. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, like the heart of his father David. But for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem to raise up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. Because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles and the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. And Abijam slept with his fathers and they buried him in the city of David and Asa. His son became king in his place. So in the, in the 20th year of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, Asa became, began to reign as king of Judah. He reigned 41 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of um, Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the, in the sight of the Lord like David his father. He also put away the male cult prostitutes from the land and removed all the idols which his father had made. He also removed Maka, his mother, from being queen mother because she had made a horrid image as the Asherah and also cut down her horrid image and burned it in the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly devoted to the Lord all his days. He brought into the house of the Lord the dedicated things of his father and his own dedicated things, the silver and gold utensils. Now, there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. Basha, the king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going out or coming in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and the gold, which were left in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the treasuries of the king's house, and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And king Asa sent them to Benadad, the son of Tibrimum, the son of Hezion, the king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, 
as between my father and your father, behold, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. So break your treaty with Basha, the king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Benadad listened to King Asa, or Asa, and sent his commanders and his armies against the cities of Israel and conquered Ejon, Dan, Abil, Beth, Makkah, and all the Chinroth, besides all the land of Naphtali. Then Basha heard, when Basha heard of it, he ceased fortifying Ramah and remained in Tizra. And King Asa made a proclamation to all Judah, none was exempt that they, that they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timbers with which Basha was built. And King Asa built them in Giba and Benjamin and Mizpah. Verse 23, now the rest of the acts of Asa and all his might and all that he did in the cities which he built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age, he was diseased in his feet, and Asa slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. 25. Now Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel in the second year of Asa, or Asa the king of Judah, and he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in his sin, which he had made Israel sin. And Basha, the son of Ahijah of the house of Issachar, conspired against him and Basha struck him down at Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines, while Nadab and all Israel were laying siege to Gibbethon. Now Basha killed him in the third year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned, uh, and reigned in his place. It came about as soon as he was king, he struck down all the household of Jeroboam. He did not leave Jeroboam any persons alive until he had destroyed them, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Ahijah the Shilonite. Because the sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned, and which he had made Israel sin, because of the provocation with which he provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles and the kings of, of Judah, of Israel? Sorry. 32. And there was war between Asa and Basha and the king of Israel all their days. In the third year of Asa, the king of Judah, Basha, the king of Ahijah, became king over all Israel and at Tizra and reigned 24 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked, and walked in the way of Jeroboam and in the sin of which he made Israel sin. So um, we have many kings and many wars and many complications and too, too numerous to, to go into detail, but the overriding issue was the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. Covered that extensively on Wednesday. He was the one said to your tents, O Israel, we're not going to follow you, Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon, and he should have reigned like Solomon in wisdom, being a servant to his people, but instead he did the opposite. He wanted the people to serve him. He wanted to play mini-god. And so Rehoboam leaves, although as we see in 14, it was prophesied that he would leave and that he would take power. And so God was giving him an opportunity to be a, the righteous king, to have control of the majority of the tribes and reign like Solomon and David, but he chose not to. So therefore, when he slipped into idolatry and he sends his wife to find if their son will live or die, why he thought that the Ahijah would give him a good report is kind of strange because he knew he was the prophet of Yahweh. 
Instead, he gets the prophecy that he deserved because you've turned away. Your son's going to die, and your your sons are going. You're going to lose the throne, and your sons will not reign. And this is when you jump ahead in 15. You find out this is what Basha does. He goes in there, and he kills off all the remaining uh, sons of uh, Jeroboam. So all through the Old Testament, I was mentioning this on on Wednesday. If you don't kind of get any of the other kings' names in the north memorized or understand them. That's understandable. But Jeroboam, son of Nabat, is one of the guys that you see mentioned over and over and over and over. Everybody, Everybody's their sin, their reign is all compared to him because of his wickedness. And then we find out that these other kings did just as bad. And, of course, they were saying, you did you know, just as bad or worse. And so God, uh, he holds his, his people accountable, holds us accountable to how we walk uh, before him. And we see this through the Old Testament in a big way. It doesn't matter if they're kings or not. See, he still judges them because they're supposed to be servants of him. Yahweh was to be the king and they were to be his, his ministry and service under him. All right, Acts Chapter 12, now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in the prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made frequently or fervently by the church of God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in the light, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up, quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angels said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know what was being done by the angel. And he didn't, didn't know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard and they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went among the, along the street and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he sent to the house of Mary and the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, the servant girl named Rhoda came to to answer. Then when she recognized Peter's voice, became because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. But they said to her, are you out of your mind? But she kept insisting that it was so. So they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door, 
They saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hands to keep to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. And when day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have happened to Peter. And when Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away in ex- uh, to execution. Then he went down from Judah to Caesarea and was spending time there. Now he was very angry with the people in Tyre and Sidon. And with one accord, they came to him. And having won over Blastus the king's chamberlain, they were asking for peace because their country was fed by the king's country. On an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum and began delivering his address to them. The people kept crying out, The voice of a god and not a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. So we kind of skip over the, um, Paul's, some of Paul's missionary journeys there. He had been in Antioch, and there he spent a year or two-ish um, developing a school of ministry, teaching people what the Old Testament really taught about Jesus. And in that time where he's doing that, as Paul is increasing, you could say Peter is decreasing. Uh, he's just taking another path. He's becoming really an example of a suffering servant like Jesus was. He's thrown in prison over and over again, uh, and they but God miraculously delivers delivers him. We have this, you know, kind of hilarious story of Rhoda forgetting him at the door and leaving him and going in with an excitement. It must have been an amazing thing to see. But Peter, um, he, you can't you cannot chain this. A real servant of God cannot be bound in the human sense. Paul, interestingly enough, was bound, and the angels did not come in to deliver him. God has his own sovereign way of how he's going to minister and how he's going to work. Peter, he needed to get him out to use it, use him as an example that the church was not going to be stopped. The church could not be silenced. And Peter at that time was the voice of the church, so to speak. You, you know, the Acts chapter 2 with the Jews. Then he goes with Cornelius and he proclaims it to the Gentiles. So he is the, the representative voice of the church and they're trying to silence him but they find out time and time again they cannot. Now, Paul is going to go in prison and be chained and not get out of those chains, but because he is chained, guess what? He ministers to the Roman guards and he writes the gospels that we have. I mean, he writes the the letters that we have in the New Testament. God had him there for the purpose of of spending some quality time writing. So again, we see that God does what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. So now, if you will jump over with me, we will look um, at awesome. Charles Spurgeon. I almost said Oswald Chambers. We haven't read him in a while. And look what had 
what he has to say. We are looking at Psalm 48, 14. He will be our guide even unto death. We need a guide. Sometimes we would give all that we have to be told exactly what to do and where to turn. We are willing to do right, but we do not know which out of the two roads we are to follow. Oh, for a guide. The Lord our God condescends to serve us as guide. He knows the way and will plot or will pilot us along it till we reach our journey's end in peace. Surely we do not desire more infallible direction. Let us place ourselves absolutely under his guidance and we shall never miss our way. Let us make him our God and we shall find him our guide. If we follow his law, we shall not miss the right road of life, provided we first learn to, uh, I'm sorry, provided we first learn to lean upon him in every step of the way. Our comfort, our comfort is that as he is our God forever and ever, he will never cease to be with us as our guide, even unto death. He, he will lead us and then we shall dwell with him earnestly and go no more out forever. This promise of divine guidance involves lifelong security, salvation at once, guidance unto our last hour, and then endless blessedness. Should not, um, should not each, each one seek this in youth, rejoice in it in middle life, and repose it in old age. This day, let us look up for guidance before we trust ourselves out, the, out of doors. <laughs> That's a great, great thought. Father, we thank you for the, the steadfastness of your love and your stability for us and guiding us and your, your ability, God, to guide us. And we know that your Holy Spirit has been given to us as that guide to show us the right way to turn. But we need to be sure-footed in our walk with you, to have it established, not wavering. Because when we waver and go back and forth, God, you, you tend to wait for us to come under your full lordship before you start giving those solid directions. We need to have the relationship built and be able to hear your voice. So thank you for the direction that you are giving us and guiding us. As you continue to do that, as for you to continue to guide the mind, mature friends, believers that have many difficult things going on that need a ton of guidance, God of direct and a lot of direction. We're thinking of the Scoogs, God, who are leaning upon you. Give them guidance and direction for how to deal with the state and these different agencies are dealing with God concerning their daughter uh, and anyone that has medical decisions that needs to decide, God, how the treatment should go or whether it should wait upon you. God, give them that wisdom, uh, as well as people dealing with difficult situations in ministry, thinking of um, Esty and her pastor with the radio station and all the difficulties they have trying to keep a Christian radio station going, and they're dealing with uh, kind of lawsuits and different things like that. And for the various ministries here, God, continue to 
give Calvary Albuquerque a lot of wisdom because of the, the many, many things that being such a large church they have to deal with. And God, we pray that many people came to know you, heard the gospel uh, at the big outreach, the January, July outreach uh, that they did at the Balloon Fiesta. God, may we just pray it went really well, as well as, as well as the Great Glory Harvest Crusade, God, that just happened. We just pray for the souls to come in, God, because the time is short, as well as those who are in the evangelism team Thursday night, those that were in church bringing new people, those who were listening online. May you could just continue, God, to touch lives and bring people into your kingdom. May you even use the the memorial service going to to touch more lives continue to use the life of Andrew to, to, as he was a witness for you, to continue that witness of family members and friends that will come that aren't saved, that will hear your word, God. So thank you for what you're doing as your your blessing upon the church in Puerto Vallarta while we're gone, as you use them, all them to be again unified and and uh, be a blessing, God. And thank you for all the new people coming, the blessing they are to us, the families and the fellowship that we we gain from that. God is such a beautiful thing. So thank you, God, again for a beautiful and wonderful uh, week that we have laid before us. And just we ask for that continual daily guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll do it for this new uh, version on a trying to figure out how to, how it works while we're on the on the road but hopefully it worked for you guys let me know and we will see you again uh, hopefully at the same time tomorrow god bless you all bye bye to execution then he went down from judah to caesarea and was spending time there now he was very angry with the people in tyre and sidon and with one accord they came to him and having one over blasted the king's chamberlain they were asking for peace because their country was fed by the king's country. On an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum and began delivering his address to them. The people kept crying out, The voice of a god and not a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taken along with them John, who was also called Mark. So we kind of skip over the, um, Paul's, some of Paul's missionary journeys there. He had been in Antioch, and there he spent a year or two-ish um, developing a school of ministry, teaching people what the Old Testament really taught about Jesus. And in that time where he's doing that, as Paul is increasing, you could say Peter is decreasing. Uh, he's just taking another path. He's becoming really an example of a suffering servant like Jesus was. He's thrown in prison over and over again. Uh, and they, But God miraculously delivers, delivers him. We have this, you know, kind of hilarious story of Rhoda forgetting him at the door and leaving him and going in with an excitement. It must have been an amazing thing to see. But Peter, um, he, you can't, you cannot chain this. A real servant of God cannot be bound in the human sense. Paul, interestingly enough, was bound and the angels did not come in to deliver him. 
God has his own sovereign way of how he's going to minister and how he's going to work. Peter, he needed to get him out to use it, use him as an example that the church was not going to be stopped. The church could not be silenced. And Peter at that time was the voice of the church, so to speak. You, you know, the Acts chapter 2 with the Jews. Then he goes with Cornelius and he proclaims it to the Gentiles. So he is the, the representative voice of the church and they're trying to silence him. But they find out time and time again they cannot. Now, Paul is going to go in prison and be chained and not get out of those chains. But because he is chained, guess what? He ministers to the Roman guards and he writes the gospels that we have. I mean, he writes the, the letters that we have in the New Testament. God had him there for the purpose of, of spending some quality time writing. So it's a, again, we see that God does what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. So now, if you will jump over with me, we will look um, at... Awesome. Charles Spurgeon, I almost said Oswald Chambers. We haven't read him in a while. And look what he has to say. We are looking at Psalm 48, 14. He will be our guide even unto death. We need a guide. Sometimes we would give all that we have to be told exactly what to do and where to turn. We are willing to do right, but we do not know which out of the two roads we are to follow. Oh, for a guide. The Lord our God condescends to serve us as guide. He knows the way and will plot or will pilot us along it till we reach our journeys and in peace. Surely we do not desire more infallible direction. Let us place ourselves absolutely under his guidance. And we shall never miss our way. Let us make him our God, and we shall find him our guide. If we follow his law, we shall not miss the right road of life, provided we first learn to, uh, I'm sorry, provided we first learn to lean upon him in every step of the way. Our comfort is. Our comfort is that as he is our God forever and ever, he will never cease to be with us as our guide, even unto death. He, he will lead us, and then we shall dwell with him earnestly and go no more out forever. This promise of divine guidance involves lifelong security, salvation at once, guidance unto our last hour, and then endless blessedness. Should not, um, should not each, each one seek this in youth, rejoice in it in middle life, and repose it in old age? This day, let us look up for guidance before we trust ourselves out the out of doors. That's a great, great thought. Father, we thank you for the the steadfastness of your love and your stability for us and guiding us and your your ability, God, to guide us. And we know that your Holy Spirit has been given to us as that guide to show us the right way to turn. But we need to be sure footed in our walk with you, to have it established, not wavering. 
because when we waver and go back and forth, God, you you tend to wait for us to come under your full lordship before you start giving those solid directions. We need to have the relationship built and be able to hear your voice. So thank you for the direction that you are giving us and guiding us. As you continue to do that, as for you to continue to guide to my mature friends and believers that have many difficult things going on that need a ton of guidance, God of direct and a lot of direction. We're thinking of the Scoogs, God, who are leaning upon you. Give them guidance and direction for how to deal with the state and these different agencies are dealing with God concerning their daughter uh, and anyone that has medical decisions that needs to decide, God, how the treatment should go or whether it should wait upon you. God, give them that wisdom, uh, as well as people dealing with difficult situations in ministry, thinking of um, Esty and her pastor with the radio station and all the difficulties they have, trying to keep a Christian radio station going, and they're dealing with uh, kind of lawsuits and different things like that. And for the various ministries here, God, continue to give Calvary Albuquerque a lot of wisdom because of the, the many, many things that being such a large church they have to deal with. And God, we pray that many people came to know you, heard the gospel uh, at the big outreach, the January, July outreach uh, that they did at the Bloom Fiesta. God, may we just pray it went really well, as well as, as well as the Greg Laurie Harvest Crusade, God, that just happened. We just pray for the souls to come in, God, because the time is short, as well as those who are in the evangelism team Thursday night, those that were in church bringing new people, those who were listening online, may you could just continue, God, to touch lives and bring people into your kingdom. May you even use the the memorial service going to to touch more lives. Continue to use the life of Andrew to, to as he was a witness for you, to continue that witness of family members and friends that will come that aren't saved, that will hear your word, God. So thank you for what you're doing as you're your blessing upon the church in Puerto Vallarta while we're gone, as you use them, all of them to be, again, unified and, and uh, be a blessing, God. And thank you for all the new people coming, the blessing they are to us, the families, and the fellowship that we, we gain from that. God, is such a beautiful thing. So thank you, God, again, for a beautiful and wonderful uh, week that we have laid before us. And just we ask for that continual daily guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll do it for this new uh, version on a, <laughs> trying to figure out how, to, how it works while we're on the, on the road. But hopefully it works for you guys. Let me know. And we will see you again, uh, hopefully at the same time tomorrow. God bless you all. Bye-bye. And get started. Father God, thank you for this morning. And ask that you would uh, guide us and bless us in this time that we have together with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Kings 14. By the way, thank you for your prayers for Renee and I. We made it safe last night, got in, we're in the, we're in the house, and uh, we're resting, and uh, we'll be heading down to the memorial service uh, down on Friday. So, in the meantime, hmm? uh, I put the reading down at the bottom. I don't know if it's showing up on your end, but uh, it's uh, 1 Kings 14 and 15, Acts 12. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Okay. We're going to have to change that because um, I'm going directly through Restream, not using, uh, not using the other one. 
So, and I don't know how to change that. Okay. So anyway, let's look at First uh, Kings chapter 14. Ahijah prophesies against the king. At that time, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, became sick. Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise now and disguise yourself so that they will not know that you are the wife of Jeroboam. And go to Shiloh. Behold, Ahijah, the prophet, is there, who spoke concerning me that I would be king over this people. Take ten loaves with you, some cakes and a jar of honey, and go to him, and he will tell you what will happen to the boy. Jeroboam's wife did so and arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. Now Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. Now the Lord had said to Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. You shall say thus and thus to her. Uh, for it was when she arrived, for it shall be when she arrives, that she will pretend to be another woman. Then Ahijah heard the sound of her feet, or when Ahijah heard the sound of her feet coming in the doorway, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another woman? For I am sent to you with a harsh message. Go and say to Jeroboam, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because I exalted you from among the people and made you leader of my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you. Yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandments and followed me with all his heart to do only that which was right in my sight. For you also have done more evil than all who were before you and have gone and made for yourself other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, I am bringing calamity on the house of Jeroboam. I will, know, I will cut off from Jeroboam every male person, both bond and free in Israel, and I will make a clean sweep of the house of Jeroboam as one sweeps away dung until it is all gone. Anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And he who dies in the field, the birds of heaven will eat. For the Lord has spoken it. Now you arise, go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the child will die. All Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. For he alone of Jeroboam's family will come to the grave, because in him something good was found towards God, toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, moreover the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel, who will cut off the house of Jeroboam this day and from now on. For the Lord will strike Israel as a reed is shaken in the wind, and he will uproot Israel from this good land, and he will give to their fathers and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River, because they have made their Asherim, provoking the Lord to anger. He will give up Israel on account of the sins of Jeroboam, which he committed and with which he made Israel to send. Then Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tizra. As she was entering the threshold of the house, the child died. All Israel buried him and mourned for him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through the servant Ahijah, the prophet. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam, how he made war and how he reigned, behold, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? The time that Jeroboam reigned was 22 years, and he slept with his fathers and Nadab, his son, reigned in his place. 
verse 21. Now Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem. The city, the city which the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Nama, the Ammonites. Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy more than all their fathers had done with the sins which they committed. And they too built for themselves high places and sacred pillars and ashram on every high hill and beneath every luxuriant tree. There were also male cult prostitutes in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. Now what happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, that Shishak, the king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he took everything, even taking all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam made shields of bronze in their place, committed them to the care of the, of the commanders of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. Then it happened, as often as the king entered the house of the Lord, that the guards would carry them and would bring them back into the guard's room. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he, all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? There were... There was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. And Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And his mother's name was Nama the Ammonites. And Abijam, the son of the, uh, his son, became king in his place. Chapter 15. Now in the 18th year of the king, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Absalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had committed before him. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, like the heart of his father David. But for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem to raise up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. Because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles and the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. And Abijam slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa, his son, became king in his place. So in the, in the 20th year of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, Asa became, began to reign as king of Judah. He reigned 41 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of um, Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the, in the sight of the Lord like David, his father. He also put away the male cult prostitutes from the land and removed all the idols which his father had made. He also removed Makkah, his mother, from being queen mother because she had made a horrid image as the Asherah. And Asa cut down her horrid image and burned it in the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly devoted to the Lord all his days. 
He brought into the house of the Lord the dedicated things of his father and his own dedicated things, the silver and gold utensils. Now, there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. Basha, the king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going out or coming in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and the gold, which were left in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the treasuries of the king's house, and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And King Asa sent them to Benadad, the son of Tibrimum, the son of Hezion, the king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me. As between my father and your father, behold, I have sent you a present of silver and gold. So break your treaty with Basha, the king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Benadad listened to King Asa, or Asa, and sent his commanders and his armies against the cities of Israel and conquered Ejon, Dan, Abil, Beth, Maka, and all the Chinroth, besides all the land of Naphtali. Then Basha heard, when Basha heard of it, he ceased fortifying Ramah and remained in Tizra. And King Asa made a proclamation to all Judah, none was exempt that they, that they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timbers with which Basha was built. And King Asa built them in Giba and Benjamin and Mizpah. Verse 23, now the rest of the acts of Asa and all his might and all that he did in the cities which he built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age, he was diseased in his feet. And Asa slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. And Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place. 25. Now, Nadab, the son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel in the second year of Asa, or Asa the king of Judah, and he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in his sin, which he had made Israel sin. And Basha, the son of Ahijah, of the house of Issachar, conspired against him, and Basha struck him down at Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines, while Nadab and all Israel were laying siege to Gibbethon. Now Basha killed him in the third year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned, uh, and reigned in his place. It came about as soon as he was king, he struck down all the household of Jeroboam, he did not leave Jeroboam any persons alive until he had destroyed them, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Ahijah the Shilonite. Because the sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned, and which he had made Israel sin, because of the provocation with which he provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles and the kings of, of Judah, of Israel? Sorry. 32. And there was war between Asa and Basha and the king of Israel all their days. In the third year of Asa, the king of Judah, Basha, the king of Ahijah, became king over all Israel and at Tizra and reigned 24 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked, and walked in the way of Jeroboam and in the sin of which he made Israel sin. So um, we have many kings and many wars and many complications and too, too numerous to, to go into detail, but the Overriding issue was the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. Covered that extensively on Wednesday. He was the one said to your tents, O Israel, we're not gonna we're not gonna follow you, Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. 
And he should have reigned like Solomon in wisdom, being a servant to his people. But instead, he did the opposite. He wanted the people to serve him. He wanted to play mini-god. And so Rehoboam leaves, although, as we see in 14, it was prophesied that he would leave and that he would take power. And so God was giving him an opportunity to be the righteous king, to have control of the majority of the tribes and reign like Solomon and David, but he chose not to. So therefore, when he slipped into idolatry and he sends his wife to find if their son will live or die, why he thought that the Ahijah would give him a good report is kind of strange because he knew he was the prophet of Yahweh. Instead, he gets the prophecy that he deserved because you've turned away, your son's going to die, and your your sons are going to, you're going to lose the throne and your sons will not reign. And this is when you jump ahead in 15, you find out this is what Basha does. He goes in there and he kills off all the remaining uh, sons of uh, Jeroboam. So all through the Old Testament, I was mentioning this on, on Wednesday, if you don't kind of get any of the other king's names in the north memorized or understand them, that's understandable. But Jeroboam, son of Nabat, is one of the guys that you see mentioned over and over and over and over. Everybody, Everybody's their sin, their reign is all compared to him because of his wickedness. And then we find out that these other kings did just as bad. And of course they were saying, you did you know, just as bad or worse. And so God, uh, he holds his, his people accountable, holds us accountable to how we walk uh, before him. And we see this through the Old Testament in a big way. It doesn't matter if they're kings or not. See, he still judges them because they're supposed to be servants of him. Yahweh was to be the king and they were to be his his ministry and service under him. All right, Acts chapter 12. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in the prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made frequently or fervently by the church of God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in the light, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up, quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angels said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know what was being done by the angel. And he didn't, didn't know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard and they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself, and they went out and went among the along the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod 
and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he sent to the house of Mary and the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, the servant girl named Rhoda came to to answer. Then when she recognized Peter's voice, became because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. But they said to her, are you out of your mind? But she kept insisting that it was so. So they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hands to keep to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison, and he said, report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. And when day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have happened to Peter. And when Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away in exe- uh, to execution. Then he went down from Judah to Caesarea and was spending time there. Now he was very angry with the people in Tyre and Sidon, and with one accord they came to him, and having won over Blastus the king's chamberlain, they were asking for peace because their country was fed by the king's country. On an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum and began delivering his address to them. The people kept crying out, The voice of a god and not a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taken along with them John, who was also called Mark. So we kind of skip over the, um, Paul's, some of Paul's missionary journeys there. He had been in Antioch, and there he spent a year or two-ish um, developing a school of ministry, teaching people what the Old Testament really taught about Jesus. And in that time where he's doing that, as Paul is increasing, you could say Peter is decreasing. Uh, he's just taking another path. He's becoming really an example of a suffering servant like Jesus was. He's thrown in prison over and over again, uh, and they, but God miraculously delivers, delivers him. We have this you know, kind of hilarious story of Rhoda forgetting him at the door and leaving him and going in with an excitement. It must have been an amazing thing to see. But Peter, um, he, you, can't, you cannot chain this. A real servant of God cannot be bound in the human sense. Paul, interestingly enough, was bound and the angels did not come in to deliver him. God has his own sovereign way of how he's going to minister and how it's going to work. Peter, he needed to get him out to use, it, use him as an example that the church was not going to be stopped. The church could not be silenced. And Peter at that time was the voice of the church, so to speak. You, you know, the Acts chapter 2 with the Jews. Then he goes with Cornelius and he proclaims it to the Gentiles. So he is the, the representative voice of the church and they're trying to silence him. But they find out time and time again they cannot. 
Now, Paul is going to go in prison and be chained and not get out of those chains. But because he is chained, guess what? He ministers to the Roman guards and he writes the gospels that we have. I mean, he writes the, the letters that we have in the New Testament. God had him there for the purpose of, of spending some quality time writing. So it's a, again, we see that God does what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. So now, if you will jump over with me, we will look um, at awesome. Charles Spurgeon. I almost said Oswald Chambers. We haven't read him in a while. And look what, what he has to say. We are looking at Psalm 48, 14. He will be our guide even unto death. We need a guide. Sometimes we would give all that we have to be told exactly what to do and where to turn. We are willing to do right, but we do not know which out of the two roads we are to follow. Oh, for a guide. The Lord our God condescends to serve us as guide. He knows the way and will plot or will pilot us along it till we reach our journeys and in peace. Surely we do not desire more infallible direction. Let us place ourselves absolutely under his guidance and we shall never miss our way. Let us make him our God and we shall find him our guide. If we follow his law, we shall not miss the right road of life, provided we first learn to, uh, I'm sorry, provided we first learn to lean upon him in every step of the way. Our comfort, our comfort is that as he is our God forever and ever, he will never cease to be with us as our guide, even unto death. He, he will lead us. And then we shall dwell with him earnestly and go no more out forever. This promise of divine guidance involves lifelong security, salvation at once, guidance unto our last hour, and then endless blessedness. Should not, um, should not each, each one seek this in youth, rejoice in it in middle life, and repose it in old age? This day, let us look up for guidance before we trust ourselves out, the, out of doors. <laughs> That's a great, great thought. Father, we thank you for the, the steadfastness of your love and your stability for us and guiding us and your, your ability, God, to guide us. And we know that your Holy Spirit has been given to us as that guide to show us the right way to turn. But we need to be sure-footed in our walk with you to have it established, not wavering. Because when we waver and go back and forth, God, you, you tend to wait for us to come under your full lordship before you start giving those solid directions. We need to have the relationship built and be able to hear your voice. So thank you for the direction that you are giving us and guiding us. As you continue to do that, as for you to continue to guide the mind, mature friends, believers that have many difficult things going on that need a ton of guidance, God of direct and a lot of direction. We're thinking of the Scoogs, God who 
are leaning upon you. Give them guidance and direction for how to deal with the state and these different agencies are dealing with God concerning their daughter uh, and anyone that has medical decisions that needs to decide, God, how the treatment should go or whether it should wait upon you. God, give them that wisdom uh, as well as people dealing with difficult situations in ministry, thinking of um, Esty and her pastor with the radio station and all the difficulties they have trying to keep a Christian radio station going and they're dealing with uh, kind of lawsuits and different things like that. And for the various ministries here, God, continue to give Calvary Albuquerque a lot of wisdom because of the, the many, many things that being such a large church they have to deal with. And God, we pray that many people came to know you, heard the gospel uh, at the big outreach, the January, July outreach uh, that they did at the Bloom Fiesta. God, may we just pray it went really well as well as, as, well as the Greg Glory Harvest Crusade, God. That just happened. We just pray for the souls to come in, God, because the time is short, as well as those who are in the evangelism team Thursday night, those who are in church bringing new people, those who are listening online. May you could just continue, God, to touch lives and bring people into your kingdom. May you even use the the memorial service going to to touch more lives. Continue to use the life of Andrew to, to as he was a witness for you, to continue that witness of family members and friends that will come that aren't saved, that will hear your word, God. So thank you for what you're doing as you're, you're blessing upon the church in Puerto Vallarta while we're gone, as you use them, all them to be, again, unified and, and uh, be a blessing, God. And thank you for all the new people coming, the blessing they are to us, the families and the fellowship that we, we gain from that, God, is such a beautiful thing. So thank you, God, again, for a beautiful and wonderful uh, week that we have laid, laid before us, and just we ask for that continual daily guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll do it for this new uh, version on a, <laughs> trying to figure out how, to, how it works while we're on the, on the road, but hopefully it worked for you guys. Let me know, and we will see you again, uh, hopefully at the same time tomorrow. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.